gentlemen, to a new episode of Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I am your host, Joe Monax. I am joined this week by lots of wonderful guests. I'm very excited to have them on the show. But of course, first, I got to bring in my co-host for this podcast, associate editor over at grizzlybearblues.com, Mr. Parker Fleming. Parker, how are you doing, sir? You know, Joe, I really can't complain. Uh, The draft is three weeks away. The season may come back a little earlier than expected, so... What's there really to complain about, Joe? There's plenty to complain about, Parker. What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? There's there's literally a pandemic occurring. The world's on fire. Come on, Parker. No, I'm just kidding. Um, in terms of the NBA, the, the earlier return would certainly uh, be interesting, and that's something that we're definitely going to get into with our guests on this episode of the show. Ways to get in touch with the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at GBBLive. You can follow Parker on Twitter, again, associate editor for us over at SBNationsGrizzlyBearBlues.com, at Paca underscore Flocka. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the very boring handle, at Joe Molinax, and you can follow our blog that we're very proud to uh, work for and with. It's been very Parker and Joe heavy the last week or so over at GBB. Uh, you can follow that blog at SBN Grizzlies. The folks that I have on with us today, Parker, are two of the best folks in memphis media to talk grizzlies with to talk sports in general with and they're also two great examples of continuing to diversify sports and making things uh, more equitable in terms of appearances getting different viewpoints and perspectives on things and they're doing a phenomenal job with grind city media as co-hosts of the rising grind show that you can catch every morning uh they, they again i I'm, uh, we've had uh, one of them on in the past, a friend of GBB Live, uh, but we're excited to have both of them on this time. Uh, Megan Triplett and Jess Benson, how are you both doing? Good. 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 How's it going? We're doing okay. We're doing okay. Thank you. And um, and again, I'm, I'm very happy to have you guys on. Again, Jess, you've been on in the past and it's much appreciated. Um, Megan, your first time, I do believe, on GBB Live. Uh, let's start with your show because again, as I alluded to, and I, and I at GBB for a long time, I've been running the blog probably too long now. Um, but for a long time, I've been trying to make it more representative of the Grizzlies fan base of sports fan bases in general. Uh, you know, there's obviously women that support sports. There's people of all sorts of different races, creeds, you know, sports are, if they are truly to be a unifying force, like people like me believe they are. Um, there needs to be more diversity in the coverage of those sports. And that's something that's de- certainly uh, been discussed in the past, but it's really kind of taken off in 2020 in particular. Uh, and I, I'm proud to say, you know, I've been a part of the, if you count me as media, uh, the Memphis media for a little while now. And I think that it's more diverse than it's ever been. And again, it's not just racially, it's in terms of gender. And your guys' show is a great example of that. Two women who very knowledgeably and I would say expertly discuss sports on a morning or on a daily basis. You have great guests on your show like D'Angelo Williams. Uh, you've had Brevin Knight, obviously, other members of the Grind City Media family there. Um, but you, you guys do a great job every day talking about sports. Uh, and I'll start with you, Jessica, because obviously you came over from a previous gig in Memphis. What's it like being a part of that Grind City Media family? And then on a larger scale, being one of those female voices in a market in Memphis, and then in particular in sports media, where that uh, the, the female representation probably isn't as, as big as it should be. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Um, I think the biggest thing that's been really great is just having a platform like Grind City Media that's trying to make those strides, right? And seeing the increase and we still need more of an increase in diversity in more gender representation across sports and to have the opportunity to wake up every morning with Megan and go sit and really create a show for everyone, a show that hasn't existed and that's no knock to any of the other sports programming within this city but like we go there we talk about you know not just sports but we talk about really important issues happening around the country around the world we talk about pop culture we spent a lot of time on the bachelorette this morning so really <laughs> dipping into a lot of different realms um, but just having that space and the support there for us to go into it every morning and be able to talk about whatever is on our chest that day whatever we feel is important and it's just, it's really cool. And I, I started to see kind of a trend in local news of hiring more women, especially here in Memphis. Um, you now have a woman sports anchor at both WMC and WREG, which I love to see. It continues to be something that is moving into that space. But let's be real, like there was never a woman run sports program in this city so to get to do that with megan honestly it's just like a huge honor to get to do it every morning and to do it representing the grizzlies too and of course for those that don't know megan you are born and raised in memphis you got your bachelor's degree from tennessee state university uh you you know just as much if not more about that market than a lot of folks so what similar question but from your perspective somebody that was born in the city raised in the city obviously very familiar with that, you know, the culture, the climate down there. Uh, what's it like being in the position you're in now, having grown up in a market like Jessica was just talking about that maybe wasn't as conducive to that perspective from a female uh, reporter in particular? Um, yeah, it's been amazing um, to get the chance to first, like, just come back home. Um, I've been gone for like seven years and, not just from the, from the standpoint of talking about the Grizzlies every day and the city every day and what's going on in our, you know, in our local areas and our different communities. But, like, I grew up a fan of a lot of the, the sports that we talk about a lot of. You know, my first NBA game was a Grizzlies game, um, you know, at the Pyramid. And so, like, I, I, I remember all those situations. I remember the vote when we had a vote for do we want an NBA team and people had the, like, vote yes signs in their yards. And now it's come, like, full circle when it comes to, you know, the Grizzlies and Grind City Media with making sure that we are rep represented as women, as, you know, we have, we have so many, we're so diverse in our organization, our company. And that's been something that our organization has been, you know, kind of put at the forefront of it all. And now just to see, because it, it represents our, our city so well, you know, as everyone knows, Memphis is a, it is so so diverse here in this city and the surrounding areas because you have, you, have to, you have to count Mississippi, you have to count all the different suburbs that we have here. And so now to, you know, be a part of that and then also see like the community has been so welcoming, welcoming of us and for Jessica and I to use our voices and to have so many women also watch and say, oh, I've been waiting for a show kind of like this where I don't feel as if I'm not wanted or, you know, not wanted or needed or, or that they're not talking to me. And so our show has just been that platform for just for anybody to come to come on board, whether you're interested in sports, pop culture, music, movies, we kind of cover it all. And, that, and I think that, that represents the city so well, because when you think of Memphis, you think of sports, music, food. And those are all things that Jessica and I are super interested in. It's, it's something that I, I, I grew up around and still growing up around. And it's, 
my first job I've ever had that I haven't had to do, you know, like like a tremendous amount of research. I mean, when you first get a job and if it's a different market or different area, I have to know the surrounding areas, knowing what the community is interested in. This is the first job I came in. I was like, oh, it was so easy. It's like, I know this because I am this. And so it's just been absolutely tremendous and amazing. Yeah, I can only imagine. It's nice to be able to come home and have that level of impact. And, you know, the, the diversification of Memphis media and sports media in particular, you know, obviously you guys are great shining examples of that. But you also have Amy and Sharon uh, from the fly, from the Grizz blog, uh, Beyond the Arc blog, over for the Memphis Flyer. Uh, within GBB, we have, uh, you know, Molly Morrison. We have, uh, we have Liana Ritter. We have Lauren Harvey, you know. Several years ago, we had Grace Baker, who I know is getting married uh, soon. Shout out to Grace. Congratulations. Um, who would cover games for us. So, you know, you guys are, uh, like I said, shining examples. And there's others in the city as well, kind of leading the way in terms of that really getting that perspective out there that needs to be heard more. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of, you know, of pursuing that because I'm a big believer in you only truly can learn when you hear things and try to understand things from perspectives of people that are different than you. And if everybody's the same, you're never going to get to achieve that. So that's uh, that's an amazing thing that I know you guys are doing over there. Obviously, CJ, the producer with you guys, uh, I'm a big fan of his. We've had him on the show in the past. He's terrific. So it's really cool to see what you guys are doing with the Rising Grind show and the Grizzlies organization as a whole, uh, I, I would say. Outside of Grind City Media, obviously, nobody really covers the organization like GBB does. We have a beat writer for Grizz Gaming. We have a beat writer for The Hustle, the G League affiliate there in South Haven. And we've also had guys covering things like Parker and Brandon, of course, uh, Brandon Abraham, our other associate editor, doing things with the voting turnout, the push for voting. Obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr. recently was honored uh, by the Secretary of, I believe, Secretary of State there in Tennessee. Uh, for his voting initiatives, the organization at large is really pushing voting and, and making that more a part of the civic duty there in Memphis. Uh, the racial equity things, of course, that are going on here in 2020, the very important movements for change and growth, making our union more perfect. Uh, Taylor Jenkins, the head coach, especially during the bubble, was one of the leaders, especially locally, uh, in getting information out, being educational. So, Megan, I'll come back to you for this part. Uh, the, the idea of being a part of a larger organization, because, again, GBB, we see a lot of it. We cover a lot of it. There's so many layers to it. And I would argue that Memphis obviously received the Grizzlies in part for that reason of social advancement, right? Making things better in the city, improving the economic structure. Overall growth for the citizens of Memphis was a part of it, both economically and socially. Uh, I would argue that 2020, in a year that's been pretty downtrodden in a lot of ways, the Grizzlies organization has probably had one of their best years in terms of trying to be a leader in that community, making things better for those that are there. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I've had several other jobs in different areas, and different markets. And, you know, I think this is the first time an organization that I've worked for that has made sure that message was out there and that, you know, They've allowed, you know, me, Jessica, and just everyone, especially part of Grime City Media, to, like, use our voices because, you know, the Grizzlies aren't the Grizzlies without Memphis. And you can't be the Grizzlies without Memphis if your fan base and your community aren't, you know, leading the way of making change. And I think 2020 has been, it's been an exhausting year. and It's been trying. It's been super hard. 
but it's something that we've all, you know, even myself, I've learned that, you know, I have to continue, continue to use my voice to, to make a better change for, you know, for, for my city, for, you know, I want to have kids one day and I want to, I want them to be able to walk outside and feel safe and, and the Grizzlies and, you know, our leaders and our, our executives, we just know that that's super important to us because we know that our city, if our city's not happy, like that isn't, we're not happy, you know, and so it doesn't just end with basketball. We're not just here to just, you know, put on a show and entertain, entertain you. We want to be a part of, you know, using our voices and making a change. Yeah. And, um, Jessica, um, just how would you compare like your previous stops and your experiences with the team? Like the difference between covering from your past stop and covering with Grind City Media, what are the, like the comparisons and differences with those two coverages there? I think from a local news perspective, like you are separated out from it a little bit differently. And local news does such a tremendous job of covering each and everything connected with sports. I will shout out local news forever and always. Like once you're a part of that community, you're forever a part of that community. But the thing that's so awesome about Grand City Media and being here in Memphis is exactly what Megan said, like that direct connection to the city. This team, this organization thrives on the city. The city in comparison thrives on this team. And so to have that connection is just so special. Like coming from even where I grew up, I grew up in Denver, Colorado. And it's a little bit bigger of a city. You just don't feel that that true heart with your NBA team. No disrespect to the Nuggets. Really, <laughs> they did wonderful things in the bubble. And, you know, they're on a path to continue to do very good things in the next couple of years. But Memphis is just special. It's really hard to describe it in comparison to other places that I've lived. Los Angeles, outside of Seattle, Washington. Just nothing really compares with the heart and it sounds so cliche and it's like the thing you're supposed to say when you live in a city, but it's really truly true with Memphis and the Grizzlies. And so to see how the community continues to impact the team and the team continues to impact the community is just a really special thing to be a part of and to get to be a part of it through grind city media. Like I just feel so incredibly lucky, especially given what we're going through right now with the Grizzlies. It's a good time to be here. Absolutely. And I, I could totally feel you on the Denver stuff. Uh, two of my college best friends are from Denver, Colorado. And, you know, they like they have those multiple sports teams where they don't really have that same connection with like the Denver Nuggets because they have the Avalanche and the, or the Broncos. Broncos. Yeah. The Broncos. The Broncos. I was going to say, like, most people are Broncos fans in Colorado, even when the Broncos are bad. Like, my timeline on a weekend is all about the Broncos, even when they're mm-hmm. bad. Um, you kind of dip into when the abs are good, the abs are good. When the Rockies are competing, it's cool. Same thing goes for the Nuggets, but it's just not like the center of their focus all year long, all in and out of every season. Right. And I think we're entering this like crazy time too in Memphis because obviously we're unique where we have just the Memphis Grizzlies, but this is also still like a Tiger, Tiger County. I mean, everybody, good or bad, everyone supports the Memphis Tigers. And this is really just the first time that we're entering kind of a golden age to where the Grizzlies, Tiger basketball, and Tiger football are all exciting. And so, uh, Megan, I'll get to you on this is, you know, with we for the first time with the Grizzlies, we have almost this like mainstream star on the rise with John Morant. And then you have Jaron Jackson Jr. who can reach that status as well. And then also you have Penny and the Tigers and 
you have Ryan Silverfield building a continuing to build on that success that Norvell and Fuente built here. So what is it like to, and what does it mean for the city to have all three of those teams being exciting at the same time? Because we haven't experienced this before. Um, yeah, I think it, I think for me, it just means that I think it's something that we've all, we've all known before that Memphis produces some amazing talent and we knew we had it within us. So I think it's just very exciting to hear from like a national level, people yet again, like put some respect on our names, whether it's the Grizzlies, whether it's University of Memphis football and basketball, and for it to be happening all at the same exact time. I know 2020 has been very odd, but like, you know, as a country and the world, when we come out of this, it's going to be, it just gives us something, something so much more to celebrate and to be excited over because there's so much talent and we, we, we have had it and we've just been wanting that to, to, to show it. And now we have like we have this platform, this level where we are pr- producing some amazing stuff on all different, you know, platforms on the football field, on the basketball court. It's just really just an exciting time. I, I hate that we haven't gotten the chance to like be all in, you know, for 2020. But it makes it makes me really really excited for when we come out of this. Man, oh man, I cannot wait to like really fully fully celebrate celebrate what Memphis is doing. Yeah, I I think that it's pretty remarkable what the city has become. I, I'm jealous being from afar. Uh, obviously, I'm about six six years removed from being there full time in Memphis, and you know I still do what I do with the blog in part because I like to virtually live in the city. And you know, like you're talking about uh, mm-hmm. Jessica, you're talking about Denver Broncos games uh, and your timeline being flooded. You know, it's nice when the Memphis Tigers are playing, and I can kind of follow along, same kind of concept and. You know, obviously, I don't have the Memphis Tigers football games unless I have it on ESPN3 or something like that. Uh, it's cool to be able to kind of feel like you're back in that situation and and remember the passion of that city. And I'll agree with you on how, because I've lived in Memphis, obviously. I've lived in Richmond, Virginia. I've lived in the Washington, D.C. area. You know, there's not really a passion. Even the Washington football team, which is definitely the number one with a bullet in this area, uh, the connection is completely different from Memphis with the Grizzlies and the Tigers. Uh, it's a completely different animal. Uh, you guys have the opportunity to cover a lot of different sports there with Grind City Media. Again, your show, Rising Grind, uh, is really fun. You guys hit on all sorts of topics, including pop culture stuff. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm jealous of that as well, because at, at Grizzly Bear mm-hmm. Blues, sometimes it gets a little bit lean when you're talking about <laughs> the Grizzlies all day, every day. Um, but we, we, we make it work. Uh, I'm, I'm interested. What is your favorite thing beyond the sports aspect of it to talk about? Cause like you said, you guys have covered music in the past. You've talked about all sorts of other aspects of pop culture. Like if there was one thing that you, you know, if your producers came in, you you know, the executives there, grind city media, they said, okay, we got to refocus on sports. And then you guys can have one additional thing that you can talk about maybe for like one segment of show. Uh, what's the thing that you guys most enjoy talking about together? Jessica, I'll start with you on that. Well, right now, given the time frame, I do really enjoy that we can recap The Bachelorette, especially because The Bachelorette is stupid, ridiculously entertaining, annoying. Um, I know they always say it's the most dramatic season, but like it is. And it's really <laughs> fun to have a space to be able to talk about it. Long-winded, as long as we want to go. Sometimes we should probably be like, told to wrap it up because we get a little too into it um so I just I love anything tv movie related that's kind of my favorite 
side of the pop culture thing. Maybe someday I'll have a little Broadway musical segment. I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> you got to get back, though. Yeah. No, that, yeah. That, makes, that makes sense. Megan, same question to you. Um, you know, I think I just enjoy everything about pop culture. I think, um, I, I think I, I think I like smile and light up a little bit more just because like, that's kind of always been like, as much as I love sports and I grew up around it and I've always been talking about it, but it's been like kind of my escape. Like I, I stay on, you know, E and Bravo. Um, that's kind of like my two channels. And so it's kind of, you know, how you have, you have to have your one thing where you just kind of like, escape the world. I like, I like knowing who's wearing what, you know, whatever fashion lines coming out and the, the the newest kicks or who's dating who who was seen with whoever and so it's always it was kind of always been a dream that you know maybe one day I'll work for you know E and like get to cover this because I, I know that now what you're seeing from all you know aspects of media is sports is entertainment and pop culture as well like they have you know you know athletes have now we're talking about what they're wearing what they're rocking who they're dating um you know what they're rapping is do they do they have an album coming out and so you see a lot of that now even you know trickling over to to these entertainment networks like e and access hollywood and so i've kind of always enjoyed that aspect of it and so i i think just everything in general just like from from fashion to clothes to music to tv shows and then also i, I like to know who's who's dating who because it's actually quite entertaining to know that Kendall Jenner is now dating Devin Booker. Like it's it's it's, it's right. great. I was just about to say, like, can you imagine if social media existed in the 1990s? No one's saying, "Oh my God, oh, Michael Jordan was hanging out with Fran Drescher." You know, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Oh gosh. The nanny and the the man and the nanny, or something like that. Like all sorts of crazy yeah. things. But now in 2020, you have, uh, you know, Devin Booker, one of the top young players in the NBA essentially becoming a meme uh, out of the the hilarity that is that Kim Kardashian Twitter thread. Um, No, that's, that's a great point. And, and I do think that that brings us back to the original part of our segment before we go to break here, the idea of, you know, diversifying the perspective of sports, you know, that comes along with bringing in different people and different ways of looking at it. Like me personally, I'm the meathead who's played sports my whole life. And obviously you guys have been involved in sports too, but I'm, you know, that, 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 different mentality of you know I, I don't necessarily care what fits they're wearing or that sort of thing i just want to watch the games and break those down but parker is a great example of somebody different in, in terms of following along with with what the guys are wearing and it's probably a generational thing too um but it, it's it takes all kinds of kinds and i think that's life in general and sports are becoming more of a microcosm of that which is really nice to see. Uh, we're chatting here with Megan Triplett and Jessica Benson of Grind City Media. Follow Megan on Twitter at M-E-G-H-A-N underscore Triplett. And then follow Jessica on Twitter at Jess Benson TV. Uh, again, they're both of Grind City Media, the great Rise and Grind show. Uh, when we come back from break, we will focus a little bit on the Grizzlies. They're upcoming all season. We can't get too specific, but we are going to kind of take a broad spectrum look at what this franchise is going to be looking like to do, or being looking to do, excuse me, heading into probably one of the craziest off seasons in NBA history. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to GBB live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen to Grizzly Bear Blues live. I'm your host, Joe Molinax, joined by my co-host Parker Fleming and our two wonderful guests for this episode, Megan Triplett and Jessica Benson of Grind City Media's Rise and Grind show. Uh, make sure you're checking them out on Twitter at Megan tri- underscore Triplett at Jess Benson TV, and then, of course, at Grind City Media uh, for all of the good stuff that they do on a daily basis. 
with their uh, tons of talent that is on uh, that's part of that organization. Okay, Grizzlies specific here. Uh, reports have been coming out. Parker alluded to it in the first segment. Uh, the idea that this season might be starting a lot earlier than anybody anticipated. Uh, when they were in the bubble, it, they made it sound like maybe Martin Luther King Day could be the starting point, even maybe February or March. But I think that the rising cases, the pandemic, you know, not to get political on a podcast about the Grizzlies, but I, I'm fairly sure most people would agree we're not rounding a turn uh, in terms of uh, the issues that are going on in the country with cases and all the stuff going on there. Uh, it looks like the NBA has accepted that and they're really going to push all their chips in with getting as many games played for national television and broadcast contracts and try to make their money there if at all possible. Uh, so they're talking about the, you know, obviously the draft coming up in November, free agency starting right after that, and then training camp starting. Like we might be having you guys back on the show in, in two or three months to talk about Grizzlies basketball being played, which, which again is a little bit sooner than we, we thought. Uh, when you look at this team, uh, Jess, Jessica, I'll start with you. Uh, when you look at this team overall, obviously they had an overachieving season last year. Nobody really thought that they would be as good as they were. When you look at how this offseason is going to go, the, the idea of what kind of changes should be made, if any, right? And that was our GVB Live question of the day for this podcast. Uh, the main goal for the Grizzlies, as again, one of the craziest offseasons ever, it appears, is going to be coming our way here soon. Uh, should they be making quiet marginal moves? Should they make a better now move, uh, a bigger trade perhaps? Should they make multiple draft picks in this draft or should they prep for 2021 free agency? The winner in the poll was quiet marginal moves. And I do think, especially considering the craziness that's about to come upon all of us that are covering this team and the NBA at large. And then, of course, the roster itself, you know, there's 12 guys currently under contract, that sort of thing. It, it makes sense to be kind of more patient and, and make moves around the edges as opposed to whole scale changes. The wholesale changes, excuse me, especially considering the guy that they brought in, Justice Winslow, at the trade deadline or around the trade deadline earlier in this year, which sounds crazy. It feels like Justice Winslow has been here for three years now. That's how crazy 2020 has been. But, you know, Justice Winslow still hasn't made his debut with the team on the court. It, does it make sense for them to kind of be patient moving forward? I know you can't talk about specific names and that sort of thing, but just overall philosophy heading into this uh, whirlwind of an offseason. Yeah, and, and like you mentioned, like we can't speak specifically on anything and we always make sure to say our views are our views only. It's like, what do you of put course. when you do it on Twitter? Opinions are my own. No retweets or endorsements or anything like that. But I think you nailed it with, you know, patience really is a virtue. And I do think it's hard when you got not just like a small taste of overachieving success last season, but truly like a gulp compared to what you were expected to see from the Grizzlies, 25 wins turns into them fighting in a playing game with the Trailblazers to actually make the playoffs this year in the bubble. You add in all of the weirdness of this season, period. Like the Grizzlies were clearly in a very good space, made even more so by the fact that you have the rookie of the year. He's 21 years old. Jaron Jackson Jr. is 21 years old. The Grizzlies are just in a good, young place. We've seen from an organizational standpoint, like they've been incredibly forward thinking they've shown that they're flexible they're crafty they've collected all these future assets so the grizzlies are in a position to compete in a revolving gauntlet that is the west like the west is the west we could talk about it we could talk about that all day 
But you talk about the patience and just looking at what this season could look like. You talk about Justice Winslow. We have no idea how he fits in as a playmaker, what his health standpoint looks like. Um, guys like Dylan Brooks, can he continue to elevate his game to be more of that knockdown guy on the perimeter that you really want to see from this team? And even guys like you know Brandon Clark, one of the other best rookies from the 2019 class. We've talked about it consistently. How did they get Jaw and Brandon Clark on the same team? It's absurd um, to see how he can potentially elevate from coming off the bench to being a one-two punch with Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, so just a lot of things to see. And I think the word of, of 2020 has been wait and see. And I think that kind of stands for the Grizzlies this year too. That's an excellent point. The wait and see mentality certainly fits in here. And Megan, in in your perspective, the way that you see this team, again, because you've been around, uh, you've been familiar with the area, you remember the days when the Grizzlies were not nearly as interesting, not even necessarily as good, but as interesting in terms of having that superstar potential with John Morant. I'd argue star potential with Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, elite role players like Brandon Clark. This team has never had as much talent as it does now. So, so Megan, I'm curious, when you look at how they overachieved and how they did well this past season, to you, is that a reason to kind of hit the accelerator on this rebuild? And I put that in air quotes because, you know, most rebuilding teams aren't competing for playoff positions. Um, does it make sense mm -hmm. to you? And again, I, they're not connected to the team. All the fun things that Jessica talked about, that's exactly right. Uh, in your personal opinion, does it make sense to accelerate and try to make some of those win now moves? Or are you along the lines of, that patience being a virtue, especially considering the way that the team is set up. Parker and I have talked about it in the past. We've written about it a lot over at GBB. They're really in a prime position to do whatever they want going into not necessarily this offseason, obviously taking on uh, Gorgie Dang's contract, uh, the Dion Waiters waving. You know, they've eaten up some of their cap space for this free agency period. But depending on what they do, they could have max contract space in 2021. And with all the draft capital that they have, that flexibility really makes them an intriguing team to follow, maybe not this offseason, but the following one if they're able to maintain that discipline. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, Jess was saying, like, you know, being patient is the, is, the, is the, like, the best thing. But, however, when you talk about, like, hitting the, the acceleration, I think what we've seen is that the Grizzlies itself has, has already done that. Like, we've already done that, you know, with this past year where they have surprised everyone. They've surprised me. They've surprised every single fan base and any any NBA fan just in general of how good this Grizzlies organization is. And so you talk about the hitting the hitting that accelerator, it's a it's just, it's just a matter of like I really truly trust this coaching staff and like this front office because they honestly know what they're doing and where they have they have shocked, you know, the whole entire country from us getting into a play-in a play-in tournament or you know playing in for a play-in tournament and coming so incredibly very close into getting into that postseason and that playoff playoff life it makes me just so excited to see what happens whether you know it's the, if, the, if the group stays or if people come come into play in free agency I just know that it's going to be good like I just had this really really great gut feeling that it's going to all work out and it's going to be great because of what we've done and you just know jaw and like Jaren and like and how these like this group is so close and they mean business you know especially after they lost that game against Portland and coach Jenkins they all said it like right out the gate all right it's time to get to work and so you know this team has been working since 
since August. Like, they are already on. Right when they walked off that court that day, they were already working for this next year and this next season and trying to get the pieces, you know, pieces into play because they know that that they they, they had it, you know, in their hands. Like, that, that could have been the Grizzlies, you know, playing the Lakers in, in that first round. And so now it's a matter of figuring out those small, small holes and I'm just excited for it to all happen. Parker, same question to you. Your perspective on what their goals should be given the success that they've had relative to where they can be. Again, Zach Kleiman and company, you and I have talked about this. They've done a remarkable job turning around the fortunes of this organization just in 18 to 20 short months. Yeah, um, I mean, I've gone in links on this very podcast for the past month over uh, – the flexibility and the importance of it for the 2021 free agency. And I just think that's more important because, I mean, Megan was kind of talking about just what this team is building right now and how they're hungry to continue to get better and ultimately bring a championship to Memphis. I think that's going to be very enticing for free agents coming here. And they, you see two very young guys and Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant hold themselves to a high standard and want to work towards something that, Bills towards long-term sustainable success, as Zach Kleiman and Jason Wexler both mentioned. And I think those two in particular, Kleiman and Wexler, as well as Coach Jenkins, they've done a very good job fostering a culture here that's very enticing. I mean, you see how quickly, um, just on social media, how quickly they integrated Justice Winslow into the mix chemistry-wise, even though he hasn't stepped on the floor that much. I mean, literally, like, every day you see Jaron and Justice cutting it up on social media. I mean, it's just going to be a fun experience to play, and and I think free agents will be enticed by that. But nonetheless, in terms of also the long-term sustainable success, if you don't get that max contract free agent, there will be teams that are going to want to dump contracts to sign one of those max free agents, and you can end up with another Andre Iguodala situation where you add another pick. So. Sign me up for a little bit of that uh, flexibility for 2021. And it's great for hashtag content. I can tell you that, especially when you're in the Mm -hmm. off season and and things are slow. I know you guys can relate to that too. It it adds all sorts of fun things to talk about and write about. uh, And, and, Grind City Media does a phenomenal job covering all sorts of different sports, but of course, the Grizzlies in particular. Uh, Jessica and Megan, we'll get you guys out of here on this. I appreciate your time. Uh, I'm curious as to how you perceive, obviously, the Lakers are the champions. Uh, LeBron James, they're kind of retaking his throne in in the wake of Giannis, becoming the two-time MVP these last two seasons. Uh, You have Anthony Davis likely returning. You look at the landscape of the Western Conference, you mentioned it earlier in the segment, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves have the number one overall pick, but they also have Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. They're not really planning on just sitting and waiting. Uh, Same thing with Golden State. Obviously, they have number two, but they have Steph Curry. They have Klay Thompson. They were injured, and that's why they're in the place they're at. In the lay of the land with the Western Conference, going into this crazy offseason, assuming things don't get blown up too much because of the salary cap uncertainties and things of that nature, uh, do you see the Lakers as a surefire contender or, you know, favorite maybe is the better way to put it to, to get back to the NBA finals out of the West? Or do you think, and, and uh, Megan, I'll start with you on this. Do you see other mm-hmm. teams maybe kind of rising to the challenge? Uh, obviously Memphis should be in that mix towards the second half of the playoffs as they were this year. But in terms of contention, do you think that all the uncertainty that this offseason brings will shake that up? Or do you think because of that uncertainty, 
the Lakers remain the team to beat heading into this offseason? Well, I learned my lesson this time last year. <laughs> I, put the, I didn't put the Lakers in the finals, so I'm in a different perspective. And I've now learned that I don't ever, ever count out LeBron James and this Los Angeles Lakers team for what they've been able to build. And, you know, we always, like, have to give a shout-out to Lionel Hollins. You know, he will Absolutely. always probably be in the fan to me. And, you know, he's the assistant coach. They have, they What they were able to do this season was, like, just remarkable. And from what it looks like, LeBron is not letting up. Um, he's still – I know, they're, they're, I know they, they do load management with him, but it's looking like, you know, this team, I think I – think, I think to put respect on it, I think you have to put them still in the finals. I think you have to, con- you know, still call them a contender. And just especially from, like, the way they looked and the way they played, you know, and went through this, not just the Western Conference playoffs, but then also in the finals and what they were able to do. Um, we, we all thought going into we're, we're, we're going to be talking about the Clippers. And honestly, I'm, like, less talking about the Clippers. And now just, like, all in on, like, man, this Lakers team is going to still be good. And depending on how they shape things up, they could be even better. Jessica, we'll get you out of here on this. Mm-hmm. Same kind of idea. Uh-huh. Are the Lakers still your favorite? So we live, or I live, in a household of someone who was born and raised in the Bay Area. So within these walls of my apartment, I would, um, I have to say, the Warriors would be my pick. And, and I'm not counting out LeBron James and the Lakers because that's just stupid. But when you look at the Warriors coming back, uh, hopefully getting Steph, Clay back to being fully healthy next season – possibly having Draymond Green return to the Draymond Green of old when he's up there with his his best buddies. Um, also adding in the fact that they have the number two pick. I'm just not counting out the Warriors for the exact same reason why you can never count out LeBron James. Like we've seen what the Warriors can do. I think it's weird how just one season off has kind of put them in the background of our memories, but they're still the Warriors. And if you have Steph out there chucking it up and making them from half court like you can win any game so i will take the warriors here on october 28th 2020 that is important <laughs> to point out this could definitely change especially in the wake of the crazy offseason that's about to happen the warriors have that number two pick the andrew wiggins contract they could do a lot of different things it's going to be fascinating to watch play out jessica benson megan triplett thank you both so much for joining us hopefully we'll be able to have you back on down the road and keep in great uh Best of luck, excuse me, and continued success with the Rise and Grind show over at Grind City Media. Thanks so so much. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. For Jessica, for Megan, for Parker, I'm Joe. Thank you guys for listening. Grind forth, Grizz Nation. Until next time, this is Grizzly Bear Blues Live.